Welcome to another episode of Secure the Job, Breaking into Security, where we give you the inside scoop on all you need to break into the cybersecurity industry. We're your hosts, Alana, Evan, and Stephanie, and we'll talk skills, jobs, and resources. Here's what we have for you this week. Hey, y'all, we've got a very special guest on today, Caitlin Sarayan, a.k.a. Cybersecurity Girl, who has over 355K followers on TikTok and over 200,000K on Instagram. Caitlin has been creating content to help people like us learn about cybersecurity. With her nearly 10 years of international experience in cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection, she has a lot of perspective about what it takes to get started in the industry, advice for landing and keeping jobs, and what's coming in the future of cyber. Caitlin has been working as a consultant and recently just landed a new job at TikTok. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks. Happy to be here. All right. So we'll jump into some rapid fire. So our little tradition on the show, we like to start by having each of our guests sponsor a pick of the week. So a pick of the week can be anything. This can be a movie, a TV show, a hobby, a funny story, anything goes. What has been your pick of this week? I'm about to take a salsa dancing class. It's something I always wanted to do. So oh, I'm in Miami. There's plenty of salsa dancing classes if you guys ever come down. But yeah, that's my pick of the week. I'm going to do it tomorrow night. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds so fun. No. Yeah. Incredible. And we're going to run into a little bit of rapid fire. Alana? Yeah, of course. To start off the interview. So your background is originally in mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. So how did you actually end up in cybersecurity? Very randomly, I was applying to jobs like everyone else, and I knew that I was going to get bored in a normal industry job because my brain is like all over the place all the time. I'm 100 miles per minute, and you'll tell probably on this podcast, but I was applying to consulting jobs, and while I was applying, I was doing tech consulting because, again, I did aerospace mechanical. They decided to tell me that they were also looking for people that were interested in cybersecurity consulting, and they are just were just starting their practice. And I told them I had no experience whatsoever, but I was always okay to learn new things. And that's kind of how I got into cybersecurity very randomly, but so grateful. Actually, this lady named Danielle, who is still one of my mentors, she's the reason why I'm here. So shout out to Danielle. That's incredible. What do you think is the coolest thing you've seen on your job in the last couple of years? I honestly, like, cybersecurity is like the coolest thing ever. There's so many different things that you can see, and it all depends on all the different areas that you're into. I think the coolest part about cybersecurity, again, is just the broad depth of everything that you can do and try in this field. It's not just coding. It's not just attack and pen, or there's like physical security aspects. I was just talking to someone who like specializes in social engineering and all the stuff that she can do. I saw her being able to change my seat on a flight. And I was like, this is mind-blowing. Like, this is so sad. I thought I was secure. You know, you're <laughs> like, it, you're always learning. So I think that's the coolest part is, like, there's never a dull day. Like, something's always new and improved, and you can always learn. So that's the best part. Okay. So not a ton of experience when you first started, but what were your perceptions of security when you first joined, and how have they changed since you've worked in cybersecurity? Yeah. So I honestly had no perceptions of what cybersecurity was. It was a really cool, like, buzzword. I remember going home after that interview and telling my parents that I was, that I might be going into cyber. And my dad was like, that's so cool. Um, so honestly, I had no perception. I did think it was coding and hacking, but I had no idea what it was because it wasn't well known. And yeah, I had no idea who was actually in it. So I had no perceptions besides thinking that it was just straight up like coding and hacking into people's like systems. 
I was kind of in the same boat. Before I had known anything about cybersecurity, thought that it was just like McAfee firewall protection, super, super lame. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Yeah, so many things to do. So in your opinion, why is cybersecurity important? Any connected device, honestly, is going to need cybersecurity. And as like the technology keeps continuing to grow and grow and we are so reliant on it, we're reliant on everything. It's not even really just technologies, anything with like a motor, honestly, anything with an engine or connected or plugged in or moving any, like literally everything is going to need cybersecurity. So it's just going to keep growing and growing. It's never going to go away and we need more people in it. And that's one of the reasons why I started cybersecurity TikTok is to like let people know that the water is great in here and we need more people in it. That's awesome. That's funny enough. Our next question was what inspired you to create your TikTok? If you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I, I always wanted a TikTok and I didn't do it for a really long time because I had this weird stigma that it was like just kids dancing. <laughs> and then I decided I was going to get it. And I told myself if I was going to do it, I wanted to like make a big impact in the world. And I wanted to teach people and I wanted to be kind of like a positive light on social media because social media can be very dark, especially during COVID when we're all just sitting at home stuck and like watching other people's lives and thinking that our life's not good enough. And so I wanted to actually make it a platform where I could teach people and help people like change careers and learn and grow. And so that was kind of how I started. There was three main reasons. One was to get more women into STEM fields in general, because I'm still really passionate about engineering. I love engineering, but I also love cybersecurity. The other was to get people into cybersecurity. We need people in it and really to break that stigma of what cybersecurity is all about. Like cybersecurity is not just coding. You don't need to be like a quote unquote genius. I really hate that word. I hate when people say, oh, you must be really smart because I think everyone is smart in their own ways. Like God, I'm terrible at writing. Like English is my first and only language and I write like I'm still in elementary school, but that doesn't mean, you know, I have, you know, pros and cons in other areas. So it was really to break the stigma of like what cybersecurity is, what it takes, how you can get into it and the types of people that we need, which is legitimately everyone, like psychology majors, English majors, like obviously like computer science majors. We need every type of person, business majors in this industry because there's, again, there's so many different areas that you can get into. And then the third was, just teaching people how to stay safe online. I I always used to say, this is no offense to my mom, I love my mother and my grandmother, but it was like, what would my mom need to know in order for her to stay safe online? Because a lot of people just don't know. And I just wanted to like be that beacon of light and that that mirror to be like, hey, this is what you guys are doing. Maybe like take these quick steps and, and fix this and you'll be a little bit safer the next time you go online. So those are the three main reasons. That's awesome. It's interesting because we grow up with all this technology, yet no one teaches us how to be safe, how to protect your data. And I just love that you are trying to spread that message on the platform. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to school too, and no one teaches you actually about like life, like no one teaches you about taxes, but you like get all these classes in finance. And it's like, I don't even need that. I need help with taxes. It's the same thing with technology. Like we're growing up with all this technology around us and no one is actually understanding like how it works, what it does, pros and cons, like how you can stay safe, how you can protect others. So yeah, it was an interesting concept and I just love it because honestly, I learn as I'm doing the TikTok. Like people think I just like know most of this stuff and I know most of it, but like I still am learning. Like anything I learn, I have like 
alerts, like news alerts set on my phone for any time there's like data breaches or cybersecurity tips. Like I have all those show up on my phone. And every time I learn something new, I'm like, oh, I should make a TikTok about it because I like need to share this well. It's like everyone should know about this. What's the most important thing you've learned from making this kind of content? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I think people are really wanting to learn. Like I think there's such amazing people out there and there's so many people struggling. And what I've learned the most is like how much people have a passion for learning. But on the other hand, a lot of people don't have the drive to do anything about it. So it's funny because they'll, they'll follow me and they'll ask me for tips and then they don't follow through. And so I'm the one like following up being like, how's it going? How's, how's your studying going? But it's so cool to see. That's like the most positive thing I've ever seen. Like I love helping people learn. I think it's the coolest thing ever. And to have a platform that allows you to do that is amazing that you can touch so many people's lives and help so many people is, I think that's the coolest thing I've learned. Cause I really didn't, I didn't understand the power of social media and honestly, not even just social media, but the power of TikTok's platform specifically and how you can reach millions of people. It's like mind blowing to me. And touching on that a bit, you're using this as a marketing tactic. And then this is another pathway that people can take within cybersecurity. So what has been your experience kind of changing your role and going into something that's more marketing and creative? How have you enjoyed creating this type of content? Yeah, I think for me, again, like I get bored pretty easily. So being able to like completely go out of my normal comfort zone of tech and engineering and being able to actually like flex my creative muscles, which to be honest, didn't think I had. But I also realized that everyone is creative in some way, shape or form. Like I never honestly thought I was creative. My sister, my mom, geniuses like paint, art, anything that you ever could imagine. They're like amazing at it. They started their own businesses. I was always like, yeah, I'm the tech person. And now I'm like, oh no, I can do whatever I want. But it's so cool because actually the platform was what led me to my new job, which is actually like half really like marketing and PR and being creative and, and teaching. Well, actually, it's led me to a lot of different jobs, and I love it. I love being able to have that tech side, but all, it's this the soft and hard, right? Um, so I have my hard skills, but then I also get to like play a little bit more rather than be so serious all the time. So there's so much to learn, and yeah, I feel like I'm fully taking advantage of life and like getting to try everything, which is the coolest coolest place to be, honestly. So tell us a little bit more about your experience switching roles and the new job. Yeah. So I should preface that anything that I say is not like my employer's opinion. This is all my own personal opinion and ideas and beliefs and my personal story. So just wanted to legally preface that. But yeah, so I mean, obviously I did engineering for so long and I did engineering internships and then I went into cyber and I've tried all different types of cybersecurity areas. All of them, I would I would say, quote unquote, non-technical. And when I say non-technical, I mean, I wasn't coding. So that's my opinion of non-technical. I know that the people have other opinions, but I was not coding at all. So I was doing large scale cyber transformation projects. I worked in data protection. I worked in privacy. I even went abroad to do privacy. Loved every second of it in consulting. And then obviously through my TikTok, people in the cybersecurity department at TikTok found me. I honestly didn't know I was one of the top cybersecurity TikTok influencers, which is, I guess, a thing. And they started asking me questions, asking me to go to some TikTok events. And then I just really hit it off with a team. And they 
they kind of created this role, which I think is awesome. And it's it's called the Global Lead of Cybersecurity Advocacy and Culture, which to be fair, like basically just means I'm teaching everyone internally and externally what cybersecurity is all about, how they can stay safe. Like everyone needs to know. And the, the culture around cybersecurity, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So it doesn't matter what we're doing technical wise. It doesn't matter what the SOC's doing to protect the company. If someone clicks on a phishing link and gives them their details, then like they're in, these people are in. So it's making sure that there is the cybersecurity culture at our company and even outside. So anyone using the app or the platform is aware because we don't, we want to keep everyone protected. It's not just our employees. We want to keep everyone safe and secure. So it's a position that's never, I've never heard of it ever in my life. I think they kind of made it up, but it's a position to me that's very much needed. Stephanie, like you said, we are never taught how to use the technology safely. So this position is really to teach people both internally and externally how to do that. And I'm really excited about it. I can, I'm making it up as I go, like, and in that sense, like I get to be so creative about what I'm doing. We have creating all these awareness campaigns and again, for internal and external users. So I'm very excited about it. That sounds super cool. And it also just shows the power of networking and how you're able to make these connections with the people at TikTok and have them create a custom role for you. I think that's super cool. Yeah. And that's another really big thing. And I don't know if we'll go into this, but people always ask me, how do I get a job in cybersecurity? And obviously the first thing is like, what area do you even want to get into? And most people are like, there's areas. I thought it was just coding. Or people will be like, I coded my MySpace one time to have music and I'm totally aging myself because I used to do the same thing, which is also technically coding. But the other area is networking. Like I'm like, find the area that you want to get into, find local groups, find LinkedIn groups, find the TikTok community, start meeting people. Like COVID is, I don't want to say over yet because I don't know, like whatever happens with COVID, but like you were able to see people now. Let's just put it that way. And honestly, networking is like the biggest thing in this field. And you talked about the different pathways. Could you dive into a couple of the most popular ones or the ones that you've seen have the most interest? Yeah. So there's so many different ways to get in. I think the first, again, is really understanding what area of cybersecurity you want to get into. And I say this with a grain of salt because everyone has their own version of what cybersecurity is. Like some people consider physical security, cybersecurity, there's business continuity management, disaster recovery. Like there's the general route, which is like the security, the SOC or a network architect or a security architect. Like there's so many different places and ways to fit in. So it's really understanding what areas you want to get into and then understanding what skills you need for that area. And then from there, it's really networking. A lot of people think that you need certifications in order to get in and you really don't. Like some areas you might, it's similar to like going to school, right? You don't necessarily need a degree in cybersecurity. I didn't get a degree in cybersecurity and you don't even need a degree. You just need the skills for that job. The school will get your foot in the door, just like certifications will help you get your foot in the door. But ultimately it's down to networking and how you interview and who you know and the skills that you have that actually map to the job. The other way and the other thing that I see a lot of people struggle with is like, okay, I haven't got job interviews. And I'm like, are you catering your resume to the job that you're applying to? Do you actually have the right skills that they're asking for? And most people will say no. And that's the hard part is like, you need to make sure that whatever you say on your resume is mapping to the, the role that you are applying to. Because again, every cybersecurity role is different. And just because it says like cybersecurity analyst, 
Some companies, again, think cybersecurity is one thing and other companies think cybersecurity is another thing. So every role, even if it might have the same title, can have different requirements and job responsibilities and skills that are needed. And so it's really, that's the other thing is like making sure that your like cover letter letter and your resume map to whatever role you're applying to and then networking with those people. So there's a lot of different routes. Again, you don't need a degree, in my personal opinion. You don't need a certification. I didn't have any certification when I got in. I learned on the job. And that's the other thing. You learn so much on the job. Like A lot of people feel like they're not ready. And they are like, oh, I'll just wait till I get a certification. And I, to me, I'm like, you're copping out. Like, you're just using that as an excuse. Because I'm sure I don't know how long it took you guys to go through your interview process. But interview processes take a long time. So I'm like, why don't you start, like, apply once a day you know, spend an hour catering your resume to whatever job that you're applying to. And the rest of the day, you can do interviews, you can do whatever else, continue to get your skills. But I would start applying today. Don't let that certification hold you back because at that point it ends up, what I've seen is it usually ends is ends up being a cop-out and it's an excuse for people to say, well, I, I'm not applying yet because I don't have X, Y, Z. And it's like, it's not needed. What's needed is networking. What's needed is Again, making sure that you have the appropriate skills, but a certification doesn't necessarily mean you have the skills. It just means you got certified. So I would like show real life examples. That holds more weight to me than a certification. Yeah, and can you dive deeper into some of the skills that you've seen be most helpful in the roles that you've been in and how people can start building upon those? Yeah, so I think there's two parts of this question, right? There's the skills that are like needed that are like given in the job specs and then the skills that you I want to see as a like a person interviewing on my team basically there's certain skills that I want my team members to have so I guess I'll start with the skills that I want my team members to have and then we can kind of touch on skills for like job specs but for me personally I want like I want to see like a passion for learning because like I've said previously like this is something that's never going to stop. It's constantly growing. Yep. The threats are constantly evolving. Like computer and technology is constantly evolving. It's never the same. So if I have one person that's like, I'm really good at this and this is all I want to do and I'm not learning anymore, it actually might be great for certain roles, but it's not good for my team because my team has to constantly evolve with the technology. So it's like the constant and love of learning and like a passion for learning. That's like a huge skill that I look for. Um, and it's like hard work and dedication. And the way I see that is I usually ask people like what their biggest accomplishments are and then also what their biggest setback is and how they got through it. Mm -hmm. And from those examples, I can kind of tell if they have grit. And those are the people I usually look for. Again, every single role in cybersecurity is different. And there are people that like, I only want to do like cloud security I only want to be a cloud security architect and they only want to do this one specific thing and that's fine, but that's not like, for me, that's not what I look for. And even in consulting, it was the same thing. So going to the second question of like, what skills am I looking for or what skills are like most important? I'm going to give you the consulting answer and say that it depends because it really does depend on the role mm -hmm. that you're going into. So I would just focus on what the skills are listed in the job application that you're applying to and then make sure that you can show like some example, like real life examples of how you're applying those skills. With the industry evolving so much, I love how you point out the importance of learning and keeping up with the trends, the industry, competitors. There's so much to learn and it's important to have that growth mindset. It's almost like in some aspects, cybersecurity 
the minute you're up to speed, you're already behind. Yeah. You know, you got to keep learning because threat actors aren't waiting around and they're not going to stop innovating. So you can't stop innovating. And it's, it's a, this interesting battle. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's a little frustrating because like you want to keep growing, but there's a time where you're like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can learn anymore. And then it's like the endless cycle of just, okay, let's get back on the horse. Let's see what's happening in the world. What's going on? What are the threats? How can we protect it? How can we support our people? For me, it's exciting. I love it. I can't imagine like a a quote unquote normal job. It's kind of like also like social media and marketing, right? Social media and marketing keeps changing. There's so many new ways of doing it. So it's just, it's just exciting, honestly. It's a very exciting field to be in. This is just a curiosity point. But being a like cybersecurity influencer, do you ever find yourself getting targeted or anything like that? I have been terrified since the first day that I'm going to be targeted. I don't know if I have. I think someone tried to log onto my Snapchat and I have two-factor authentication. Also, I didn't know my Snapchat was still a thing. I haven't done it since like literally the, when it started in 2013 or 12 or whenever. I didn't know Snapchat was still a thing. Apparently, I still have a Snapchat account. And I got a notification being like, you tried to sign in. And that's, no, I didn't. So I'm terrified of being targeted. I really am. I do feel like most of the my followers actually like me, so they wouldn't want to target me. But there, I know that there's always a few people that are going to try. I literally implement my own, my own advice, which is like, turn on multi-factor authentication, have secure passwords that you haven't used before. Because if any of your passwords have been in a previous breach, there's actually ways for social engineers to look at that password and then come up with like 10,000 additional ones of like adding a one, two, three, or adding a one or adding an exclamation mark at the end. And they can like run all of them in like a matter of minutes to any account. And so that's why I keep telling people like, don't use your old, old passwords. Like I have one password, which is like a password manager not to plug them because I don't. E- we're not even partnered, but that's the one I use. Using VPN services, all like I use all that, and I'm still terrified. But I also say like there's only so much I can do, and there's nothing like confidential on my phone or in my accounts. In my personal opinion, at least I try not to have them. So, yeah, I am terrified. My brother, what he used to live with me, and he was like, Caitlin, like you're going to be targeted. Like, don't post any pictures. Don't post anything. I'm going to be targeted. And I'm like, well, maybe you should like worry about whatever's on your computer because I don't have anything. (laughs) I don't have anything to worry about, hopefully. But yeah, I am terrified of being targeted. It'd just be a funny thing, especially now that I work at TikTok. So I don't, we're doing our best here. That's all (laughs) I can ask for at this point. I feel like I need to go change all my passwords now to make sure. No, I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah, I'm sweating, like legitimately. <laughs> no, I mean, I keep changing them because I'm just getting really paranoid, like every, but like they're like 20 to 30 characters at this point because that's what password managers do is they make them like super long and complex. But I'm sure there's like one account that I didn't even realize they had that's like from 2012. Yeah, the Yahoo, you know, email AOL account accounts. you made. Yeah. yeah. I do have an AOL account that I made like a long, long time ago. And it's like where all my junk mail goes. But again, it's my junk mail. So if you get into that, like, Go congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get nothing. Yeah. I'm actually curious. What are some of the trends that you're seeing in the industry right now? Or if there's specific ones that you think are super cool that people should be paying attention to if they're interested in cybersecurity? So I guess there's like trends of like threats. And then there's like trends in the overall industry. Which one do we want to go for first? Whichever one you have examples for. So for trends of threats, and I'm sure you guys have seen this a lot, is the texting 
the smishing, we call them smishing. And I hate saying that because it feels so uncomfortable to say. So a lot of people have been getting like fake texts, like your Amazon order didn't arrive. And like everyone orders Amazon. And like, well, I'm going to speak for myself. I order Amazon constantly. And so like when you're in a rush and you're like, oh my gosh, I need my Amazon order. Like, let me download it, whatever, do it, re-log in, like, don't do it. I also have seen a lot for like social media, like the way that they're smishing people is like, like my mom got this fun fact twice in 24 hours. People like message you that you're friends with that were already hacked, but you didn't realize that they're hacked. And they're like, oh my gosh, I just got hacked. Like this, this hacker sent me the screenshot. Did the hacker send you a screenshot? Then you say like, yes, because you get a text message and they're like, oh my gosh, can you screenshot that text message and send it to me so I can use it as proof to like show that I got hacked? It's like a whole elaborate scheme. And then that text message is like how it's the URL to reset your password. So then they now have the direct URL to reset your password and then they get into yours and then they do the whole thing again. So that's what I've seen recently. And my mom got tricked. I'm like, mom, do you even know the person that messaged you? She's like, well, I follow them on Instagram. I'm like, no, (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) But yeah, it's like taking candy from strangers, right? Like now I'm like telling my mom, like, it's the same thing. Don't, don't click on links from strangers. But that's what I've seen a lot is like the text messaging, phishing, the smishing. I hate saying that again. I hate it so much. I really, we we need to figure out a better name for it. But yeah, I've seen that all the time. And I've almost a victim of it because you're, they try to like make it urgent. And it's something that like you use all the time and you're not even thinking about it. It's usually in the middle of the day. And so you give them your credentials and then they log in. So that's like the the biggest threats I've seen. Unless you're like a, kind of like public figure, usually you shouldn't have to worry about getting like directly breached unless it's social media, which are those threats. In terms of like trends in the industry, privacy is a huge thing and cloud computing. So privacy has been getting crazier and crazier because there's more and more privacy laws, data privacy laws that are coming into play, especially in the US and globally. And I know I'm part of the International Association of Privacy Professionals, IAPP. And I know like I've been a part of them for like a while like 2016, they have a yearly conference. And this year, I think it like doubled in size because it's just like, it's getting like that much more prominent and people like need help deciphering the different privacy language and you don't have to be a lawyer. So this includes like lawyers, which is exactly what I'm saying is like cybersecurity includes everyone. It's not just one, one size fits all, but there's a lot of lawyers now in privacy because there's privacy laws and we need help interpreting the laws, but we also need the tech side. We also need the communication side. We just need everything. So I think privacy is really, really big in the cybersecurity space right now. And the other thing I think is cloud computing. A lot of people want to talk about web three too. I would talk about it, but I really don't know that much about web three. I'm not sure where it's going, but the people that are in web three are obviously saying it's going somewhere. And I do, I do believe it's going somewhere. So I think those are kind of the biggest ones. Cloud computing has been around for a while, but it keeps getting more and more prominent as more people are going to the cloud. So I think those are like probably for me, the three biggest trends for the industry as of right now. So you also host boot camps. Can you tell us a little bit more about those and the curriculum that you teach? Yeah. So I teach cybersecurity bootcamp, six-month cybersecurity bootcamp online. And I do want to preface that I feel like because cybersecurity is such a buzzword, there are so many bootcamps right now online that are like claiming the world and, you know, making people pay a lot of money to go into them. And so just beware. My bootcamp is free until we get you a job. And even after that, it's like the price of a normal bootcamp. And so that's why I chose to work with this company. It's a master school. And I'll be Mm -hmm. teaching next 
year two. So I think it starts in January, but it's a six month boot camp, and it really teaches you everything. You'll get your security plus certification. You'll learn how to code, you'll learn the different areas. Again, I'm teaching more of the soft skill side, but we have incredible instructors that are like the top coders and hackers in the industry in Israel and all over the world. It's a global program. And so you have to apply to it though. We only pick people that we know are like very serious about going into cyber. But yeah, I, I think the boot camp is a really good place to start too. I, again, it, you need to be committed to it. Six months is a long time. And I think every boot camp tells you you need a certain amount of time. I've seen so many times that people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm so excited. And then they drop off. And it, it's sad because you want to help them and you want to see them succeed. And they have the all the ability in the world to succeed. They have everything at their fingertips and life, lives. I like to say that. Life always lives. So just keep your head down, maybe say no to a few things and keep studying because otherwise, you know, life will life you and you won't end up getting in. But um, like, it's, it's true. It's like, I hate saying that because I'm a very positive person, but I'm also a very realistic person. So I love my bootcamp because we have all of us, we have like 30 students or 40 students that we're assigned to and we're constantly talking to them every week, making sure they're okay, following up, being that like principal teacher aspect of it. Whereas again, most boot camps, when you sign up, it's like, okay, we got your money, one for all, like do whatever you want with it. So I'm really excited to have boot camps and I think there are also really good boot camps out there. I also think there's really easy ways to learn on your own. Again, I'm biased because I think my boot camp's the best option. We literally help you get a job like, and it's free until you get a job and then it's like, pennies after that in comparison to like your pay. But for those of the people that like don't want to like have like a structure like six months and want to learn on their own, there are literally so many resources, like free resources too, that are out there that like if you're really dedicated to actually getting a career in cybersecurity, you can do it on your own if you really want to. But that's only for people that are like gung-ho about it because the people that are like, yeah, I'll try, I'll start doing my own thing. And then they don't follow through. So if you think you need an extra push, I would do a boot camp, but make sure the boot camp's correct or just join mine because then you know it's the right way. And for those other resources, where would you recommend our listeners go to to look for those? Yeah. So, I mean, there used to be one resource that I knew about that t- taught cybersecurity course, and that was Cybrary, and it used to be free. The other resources now, I mean, Udemy has it. There's a lot of resources that are free. Like any place that you can get free classes online, or like even buy like a $30 course online, you can do it. So I think there's Code Academy, Udemy, again, Cybrary. Also depends on like LinkedIn has a ton of learning. Yeah. It really depends also on like the, what you're trying to do. Because if you're trying to do like AWS or like Microsoft, like don't you guys have a bunch of boot camps and stuff? You could you plug do, your boot yes. camp because I feel like yours is really good too. Like everyone, it depends on what you want to get into, but you guys have one too. Yes, we are directing our listeners to our site where we have all of the resources listed because we have so many, it's hard to keep track of. So right. we have them all in one place for them to easily find them. Oh, that's great. Literally, we had to make like a whole spreadsheet of them. It's overwhelming. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I feel like you guys offer like a ton, just like a lot of and other places. And they're free. And they're free. So yeah, first start there then, I guess. And then go wherever else you want. But I think that's the best place to start for whoever's listening. What are your thoughts on the skills gap and how can these companies help bring in more diverse talent? Yeah, so I think I talked to you guys about this before because this is like heartbreaking to me. It really, it makes me so sad. There's so many jobs out there that are supposed to be entry level, but we 
everyone, and I'm going to put my name in this this bucket too. It seems like everyone's saying, oh, it's entry level, but you also need three years of experience or you need this amount of skill. And I think for us personally, like we need to make sure that we are training the people on the job because the best training is on the job. Like at least for me, I'm going to speak for myself now. For me, the best training is on the job. And so being able to take that risk and and hire someone that's actually entry level and then take the time to teach them and like impact their lives and impact their career. I think that's what we all need to like focus on because right now, I think because the cybersecurity space is so busy and so popular, like a lot of people don't have time, quote unquote, to train people up, but they also don't have the budget to hire people that are mid-level. And so they want entry level, but they also want entry level with all these skills. And I think it just kind of recalibrating the industry to say, you know, we're never going to get mid-level or even future execs if we're not bringing in entry-level people and teaching them on the job the way that they need to be taught. And even like right now, I have a new job. Every new job that you go to, cybersecurity is done differently in every job. It doesn't matter where Mm -hmm. you are. So like, yes, you can have the basic skills and you can have like skills like on the job skills, but certain things have to be taught at the company especially for large companies like you're like you guys you guys do things very specific and strategically and if i came from another company like let's say i came from a competitor it's going to be different and so we just need to take the time we need to actually when we say entry level to actually accept entry level people and take the time to train them on the job and i'm working on that at my company I want to like preface that because there are so many people that are really eager to get into cybersecurity and they're so disappointed and let down when they see that all these jobs say entry level, but then they look at the skills and they say like three to five years or they look at the requirements and it's like stuff that's clearly not entry level. And I take this back and I take this to heart because obviously I'm trying to help my students get jobs too. And I see them you know, applying to so many jobs every day and like having a hard time getting them. So there are a lot of people that are eager and willing to get into this space. And we just need to like welcome them and train them on the job and realize that they're not going to know everything when they come in, just like none of us did. I literally learned everything on the job. And I still talk to all of my mentors because they're a huge part of how I got to where I am. Yeah. I think the three of us can actually relate exactly to that is I don't think any of us had any cybersecurity experience before we came in. And so knowing and telling people that it is possible to learn it all on the job is super, super important. Yeah. And I like to say, honestly, like everyone's like, what do you do in cybersecurity? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Every day is different. I don't even know what I'm doing. And to be fair, I would like to say that I would say majority of the people in cybersecurity are like, yeah, this is what I do. But like it constantly changes. And Everything is learned on the job. Totally. It's almost like a catch-22. You know, they're saying, all right, you need three to five years of experience, but no one will let you get that first three to five years of experience. Yeah. It's like the blind leading the blind, too. I am fully admit that I'm the one of the blinds leading the blinds. And I'm okay with it because <laughs> that's how you learn. You learn on the job. You learn getting, like, messy, getting your hands, at least for me, I'm the best at just, like, drinking from the fire hose which is what everyone yeah. does when they get into cybersecurity. No one has all the right. First of all, there's no right answer. And then no one has any answers. So it's working together and figuring it out and teaching people on the job and like coming up with the best 
way to solve problems. And that's like also another skill, which I didn't bring up is teaming. And that's a huge thing in cybersecurity is making sure that you can be part of the team and you're open and honest and you are okay with getting feedback and okay with listening, like actually listening and hearing what people are saying. And then also respectful of their opinion and your opinion. So that's a huge thing in in the cyber world too, because we're all learning. We're all in the same boat. That's awesome. That's exactly what one of our experts said in one of our earlier interviews. She's a works on the Microsoft Mystic team, which is our Microsoft intelligence. It's like threat intelligence team. And she said it's not really intelligence if you don't have the skills to communicate what you find. Right. Exactly. Very true. You got to be able to work on a team. It's a more collaborative field than any other one you're going to find in tech. Yeah. And then we're building the boat as the boat's sinking and sailing at the same time. <laughs> If you can't communicate what's happening, like someone's going to be grabbing like a piece of wood and the other person's going to be grabbing a rope and then you're not building the boat, right? You're just all sinking. And so if you can't communicate what you need and what is most important or the issues or pros and cons, whatever it is that you need to communicate, it needs to be communicated like well. And that's the other thing. Like most engineers, as an engineer, I was not good at communicating. I was good at coding and solving problems, but not communicating. So teaming is like a huge thing and something that I've been, I work on honestly daily. Some of my favorite TikTokers are literally like people that teach you about life and business and all that. So, I mean, I love TikToks. I'm always on it. I binge watch TikTok on a daily basis. That's all I watch. That was that was actually one of our questions we, we forgot to ask at the beginning in our uh, rapid fire, but who's your favorite TikToker? I, I literally do not have one because I'm on it all the time. And it's sad. I never <laughs> thought I was going to be one of those people that's like always on TikTok, but I just learn so much and I love learning. And I'm, I mean, I will say I'm not, I don't get like the dancing videos or the funny videos, which I think sometimes would be nice. My brother likes to say I have really, a really boring feed because it's all like business and personal development and tech. So those are like the three that I usually get is like personal development, business and tech. And like, there's a girl, I don't know her actual username, Anna X Star, but she was in Mechanical Engineer too. And I started following her and she has like 800,000 followers. She has like 12.5 million followers now. She's really good at transitions. So her videos are entertaining in that sense. And I also just love her because as a woman who did Mechanical Engineering, I'm like, you go girl. But she's, <laughs> so she's probably my favorite if I had to pick one. But honestly, I'm, I nerd out on all TikTok people. Who do you guys follow That's awesome. that you like love to watch? Honestly, the majority of my TikToks are like the guys that did Crash Course History. So I don't know if it's John or Hank Green, <laughs> but they're just running oh, through yeah. like all of the old world history. I think it's so fascinating and it's like animated and it's great. Wait, that sounds so cool. What's the hashtag that I need to search so it can start coming up on my feed? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's John Green. Okay. I just follow him and generally a wonderful, just content bright spot in my day. Awesome. You learn so much. Yeah. What is your message to our future defenders? I think it's to never stop learning and to keep playing. I like to say that a lot. If things are hard and you say I'm playing and I'm trying to figure it out, does it seem as hard? At least for me personally, it's the mindset that I have. And so it's like to play, like learn as you go, like act like a little kid, ask a bunch of questions, keep being curious and like playing in your own little space because that's the way that I look at cybersecurity. It's very fun, entertaining, cool. There's so many things, but I, I think just, to, again, be curious, play, have fun, ask questions, and you, they'll just keep going. So that's my my message. I love that. It's all about perspective, how you think about things. So very inspiring. And thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I, I was so excited about this. So I appreciate you guys inviting me.
Yeah. And where can our listeners go to find out more about you, your TikTok? Yeah. My TikTok's just cybersecurity girl, like no space. And then my Instagram, unfortunately, I couldn't do that one. So it's cybersecurity underscore girl, but basically the same thing. But to be fair, you'll probably get the same content on on most. I just repost my TikTok videos to Instagram and YouTube too. But uh, I will be starting to do more YouTube stuff in the future when I actually get some free time. But yeah, I mean, I love to see see people on it. And also if if you are on Instagram, it's easier to like message me because TikTok doesn't allow messages if I'm not following you. So if you do have questions, feel free to message me. And then if you do message me, because I get a lot of messages every day, write like a comment on a video or something so I can like go and try to find that message because there's, it's like a needle in a haystack sometimes. But I love to reach out to impact as many people as possible. So if you do have questions, like let me know. I'm always here to support. Wonderful. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Caitlin. It's been a real pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Secure the Job, Breaking into Security with your hosts, Alana, Stephanie, and Evan. If you're interested in learning more about Microsoft's initiative to address the skills gap and for free resources, go to securethejobpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. See you next week.